Afternoon, folks. Today is Thursday, August 31st. I'm Josh Boykin and the founder of Intelligame.us. You're listening to another edition of Intelligame Radio. Afternoon, folks. I'm making the drive up to Seattle right now for PAX West. Uh, Again, it's a four-day convention that's taking place in Seattle, Washington. I'm excited to see a bunch of old friends and to just kind of generally catch up on what gaming has to offer right now. Thanks again to Janessa Olson, the host of VRCast Virtual Recollections, for being on the show yesterday. It was an amazingly fun conversation. Uh, Janessa has the that I don't know that that sense of humor that she's got is just absolutely fantastic. So I hope that you enjoyed the uh, I hope you enjoyed the interview, and I hope that you swing over to VRCast and check out some of the work that's over there. I wanted to just post a quick update while I was on the way up to Seattle. Uh, it's a three-hour drive, so that leaves me plenty of time to think. And actually, something came up yesterday that I I wanted to talk about. I was watching Atomic Blonde, which, by the way, is a really solid action flick. I I had a really good time with it. I would I would recommend checking it out. But uh, during Atomic Blonde, I saw a preview for what I'm sure will be one of the next big video game discussions, uh, and that was Ready Player One, Ernest Cline's giant pop culture mashup uh, that is in sort of a love letter or an homage to. Uh, I guess, old-school or classic video game culture. A lot of people are absolutely in love with Ready Player One, and I am of the camp that is not. I, I, I didn't feel that it was particularly... I think there were a number of places where the, the book was attempting... It was paying more attention to doing fan service than it was to creating quality characters and a deep plot. Uh, as somebody who loves video games and loved all the different references to Pac-Man and Tempest and all, all of these different games, it just, it felt a little shallow. It felt like it was just trying to say like, hey, I know about games. Hey, I know about games. So even with that in my head right now, I can also appreciate how many people out there love the book and for how many people it provided this sort of validation of gaming culture that they maybe didn't have before. It provided them nostalgia back to uh, back to times of, you know, when arcades were dominant. And also, for, I think for a number of folks, that might have been their first introduction into the culture around video games. So even though I think there were places in there that were inherently problematic, I can understand why folks also enjoy the book. Which is probably what made me so conflicted about watching the trailer, because the trailer looked pretty epic. Um, I I don't know what it was. It just it to me it kept striking notes of Tron Legacy. If you uh, if you've seen that movie from a few years ago, it had sort of these dark futuristic undertones in the VR spaces, but it was just this cinematic very, very imaginative, very, like, hyper-stylized environment. And so, 
even if I have problems with the book itself, it's hard for me to not want to watch the movie just to appreciate the cinematography. Um, I'm hoping that it turns out to be good. I'd love to see them make some modifications so that the, the plot is a little deeper, uh, so that the main character is a little stronger. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I cannot, I cannot guarantee I won't go see it in theaters. Um, I think it'll be the kind of movie that'll be epic to watch on a giant screen with tons of, uh, with, you know, tons of giant booming speakers and, and other people who are excited around. So, uh, I don't know. Is Ready Player One something that's on your to-do list? You should, uh, use that call-in button here on Anchor and let me know. Or go ahead and drop a line either on Twitter or Facebook at Let's Intelligame. Let's talk about it. Hey folks, this is Josh. I made it to Seattle and I'm not dead or stuck in traffic, so this is pretty cool. Uh, I just got out of an interview with Zach Garris and Chris Floyd from Deck Nine Studio. They're the team that is putting together Life is Strange Before the Storm, the three episode miniseries that go, uh, goes through a little bit of life with Chloe the uh, secondary main character from the original Life is Strange, as well as Rachel Amber, our mysterious missing girl from the original Life is Strange, is very much a an active part of this new game. I was able to ask some really awesome questions and get some, well, I guess I think they were awesome questions, but they gave even more awesome answers, and I'm looking forward to sharing those with you here on the podcast. So uh, keep an eye out for those once I get the audio uh, uploaded and put into Anchor. But in the meantime, uh, tonight is going to be pretty cool. I'm going to go to a PAX dinner, and then I'm hoping to hit up this event called Nindies at Night. Uh, it's a basically indie game showcase that Nintendo puts on at the Museum of Pop Culture here in Seattle. So assuming I get to a place where I can charge my battery because I'm super low, uh, you will get clips of, uh, of stuff from those locations. So get pretty excited. I'll talk to you soon. Hey folks, uh, perhaps you can hear in the background, I am at the Sheraton Hotel here at PAX. Uh, this is technically the night before the official open. So here in the Sheraton lobby is where all the magic happens. There are tons of folks here, Austin Walker and a number of the other crew from Waypoint, uh, people from all over the industry who take a few minutes here to hang out in the Fountain Wine Bar and Lounge to uh, essentially just blow off some steam from uh, the course of the day. It's going to be a real busy four days, but I think people are still really excited about it and see people uh, choosing drinks of various varieties, <laughs> some, uh, some for hydration, some for perhaps dehydration. But, uh, it's really awesome to see all these people come together and essentially prep for what's going to be um, an exceptionally exciting PAX West 2017. Uh, it's also really cool to be in this space where it's just everybody has this common value for gaming culture. You know, uh, that people can come together and talk about their favorite games or uh, things that are happening in the industry. And it, at this point, it, it feels like a like an industry event. And part of that is just because most folks are going to start showing up tomorrow when the official show floor opens. At that point, uh, it'll probably become a bit of a madhouse and it'll be super crowded, uh, but it'll be crowded with people who are really inspired by and enthusiastic about games. Here at the Sheraton, there were some 
space where people were playing board games and had the opportunity to go ahead and meet other folks that way. And PAX is really great for having any number of ways to interact with total strangers and to make new friends. Whether it's through board games or video games or writing, all, all sorts of different ways. And of course, the numerous after parties. So uh, hopefully we'll hear from some of those as well. In the meantime, I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, just talk to a couple more folks before hitting the hay and getting ready for a big day tomorrow. So uh, I hope that you have had a good Thursday, and we will talk to you on Friday. Uh, per usual, if you're looking for more IntelliGame content, swing over to IntelliGame.us. Uh, you know that whole drill. But in the meantime, uh, until tomorrow, keep IntelliGaming.